to the Rocky Top Times, episode three, where we talk about all things Tennessee Vols. My name is Sean. My name is Chase. Chase, we finally got some news and a pretty dang good hire, if I say so myself. We, the Tennessee Volunteers, finally got an athletic director and Danny White. I'm sure you guys all know by now, so we're just going to kind of briefly talk about his background, everything across that we can think of, but... You know, UT swung big here, and I think they landed a good one here. He is making a lot of money now. We are giving him $1.8 million per year. And, you know, it's if you're thinking about salaries for ADs, that's really good. It may not sound as big compared to head coaching salaries, but $1.8 million per year is top five in the country for ADs, and he is first in the SEC First, you heard me. He is making more than Alabama's AD, which is just insane to think about. So, you know, what, what do you think of this hire, Chase? Yeah, I think it was a it was an interesting hire that that nobody had really thought about coming into the AD search. Um, we were we were really honing in on what we thought was a couple of candidates, and we thought really good candidates, and then all of a sudden, just uh, Danny White's name popped up, and and there he was within the matter of. You know, a, few, a couple of hours, uh, it sounded like we had heard his name, and then within those two hours, he was hired. So it's a really solid hire. Um, you know, we, we really had to go out swinging, and we, I mean, we paid him a lot of money. And like you said, uh, first in the SEC, which is coming from a program that hasn't done much in, in the last 10 years besides higher ADs and higher head coaches, um, it's pretty impressive to get somebody with, you know, with that much um just one of the more solid AD hires that, that we could have come across. Yeah, and you know, he's under 40. That's really good for an AD. So it really sounds like the administration is really promising on that 10-year you know, plan. And I, I could definitely yeah. see him. If, if they're doing good things, they're definitely going to try and do a 10-year plan with him. And, you know, I, I didn't think I would be this excited about an AD hire, but I am. <laughs> and maybe it's just because it's not – embarrassing recruiting violation mcdonald's yeah. news on the media but <laughs> it, it's just news in general and you know that alone gets me really excited for this ad uh, we'll talk about his press conference in a minute but you know he's just energetic and he's you know he said all the right things and i think he's going to do good things and he has a really yeah. really good background with buffalo and most recently with ucf and you know, great track records of coaching hires. It sounds like he has, you know, expertise for finding the right guy at the right time for the right fit of that program. Because at Buffalo, he hired Lance. We, I think it's Leopold. It might be Leopold. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't follow Buffalo, but we'll go with Lance <laughs> Leopold because that sounds cooler. But, you know, he was 24 and 10, you know, with two MAC division titles, I think. And yeah. then, and that's just his football with Buffalo. And he also hired, you know, staying on Buffalo at UCF, he hired Scott Frost. And, you know, he did really good things and got a Nebraska job. And, you know, it, I don't know. It, it just sounds like he's finding good fits for football and also with basketball because he hired yeah. Bobby Hurley, who's now at Arizona State, and then Nate Oates, who's now at Alabama, doing really good things out of nowhere. So, you know, with all these hires, what, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, at smaller schools like Buffalo, and then you know when he when he took over at UCF, UCF wasn't known as some uh, a Group of Five dominant program, but he's he's kind of turned it into that whenever he hired Scott Frost. Um, 2018 co-national champions with Alabama, I believe. So oh God, big time there. Went undefeated that year, and you know he was he was all about drumming up some press, and um, they went undefeated, and they didn't make it into the college football playoffs. So Danny White decided that they were the co-national champions. Co-national champions had banners, and uh, I think they actually got them rings and everything too. So you know, at a small school, I think you do as much as you can to drum up some press, get some revenue in, and uh, just like four years ago, I think he quadrupled the the fundraising budget up to like almost forty million dollars, which for a group of five, I mean that's that's really good. And mm-hmm. um, you know he's going to have to do that here if he's going to you know upgrade the facilities like we have plans to do and uh, just help out all the other sports. Um, but yeah, I mean his hires speak the speak for themselves. Um, you know Lance Leopold. You know, they, they don't really have the budget that, that a University of Tennessee does with with TV contracts and just, the, you know, selling tickets and all that kinds of stuff, revenue for, you know, selling merchandise. But here he's going to be able to go out and get the big fish. Um, hopefully he, he, he understands that and understands that he doesn't have to go for the uh, for the under-the-radar under hire at the time, and he can kind of go out and um, use the resources that we have here to, to, get, a, to get a really good coach. Yeah, and you know, we joke about the 2018 co-national champions, but UCF, you know, when Scott Frost that was, was a there. Good team. Yeah, and I mean, they've been in consistently in the top 25, which is more than yeah. what Tennessee's been. <laughs> so Oh yeah. Yeah, so I I I'm thrilled, you know, he he was he just seems like a really good fit. And maybe it's in the genes, I'm not sure, but his family tree is ridiculous with the sports administrators and coaches. But his brother, uh, here, here we go with Lane Train rumors already, but, you know, his brother <laughs> Brian White is the AD at FAU, and he all, he's the one that hired Kiffin there. And then he's got another brother, Mike White, and, you know, he's the basketball head coach at Florida. And his father, Kevin White, was the longtime AD at Duke, and he'll be retiring in August. And all of those guys and all those programs and their sports are, you know, doing pretty dang good. Yeah, at his press conference today, one of the reporters had asked him, you know, did you talk with anybody about the Tennessee job? And, um, you know, did anybody give you an advice to, to coming into a big time Power Five program with lots of traditions and, and all the other kinds of things that come with, you know, being a, a big time Power Five athletic director? And he's like, well, you know, I have my family. And he's like, you know, he's one, my dad's a, a big time AD at a, at a big, uh, power five school at duke and then you got my brother who's at a lower level um group of five he's like well i didn't really have to go far to um to you know get some get some advice and um i mean i think that's always good to fall back on is whenever you have some family that you know that does some more work that you do and uh, you know brothers and, and father that that are really successful like you said it just runs in the genes yeah and you know duke is Obviously, in North Carolina, that's an area where we talk about where Tennessee needs recruiting. You know, in FAU, obviously, you know, Florida is a huge recruiting ground. And if college football means anything, it it means that connections are huge with administration and with coaches and ADs. So 
I mean, the connections alone seem like the possibilities are endless for this guy, uh, you know, all, all across the place. So, yeah. you know, with, with that being said, what exactly does this mean for UT? Since they're kind of going all in on an AD, they're hitting a young guy who's, you know, doing really good things with his record. Does this mean that they're finally, finally, does this mean that they're getting serious about trying to turn this thing around since the administration's willing to pay this amount of money for this guy? Yeah, I think if you look at about it, if you look at it this way, you know, when Fulmer signed his contract to be athletic director, he was he was making nine hundred thousand dollars. We doubled that to hire Danny White. You know, there was some there was some rankings that came out ranking athletic directors, and, and Danny White was ranked number four in that poll. Um, and, and making him one of the one of the highest paid athletic directors in the country, I think we kind of we 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 feel that same way, and you know we're willing to to shell out the money for uh, for who we think is worthy of the position and and where they think that we currently are and where we want to go. So I think it's it definitely shows that we're serious about the future. Uh, it sounds like this administration is, uh, you know, the previous administrations were. You could definitely see some problems, uh, maybe some boosters that were had way too much influence. I think it says a lot that they kind of went outside of the Tennessee circle and somebody that was never rumored for the job, nobody that had previous ties with the job, um, somebody that doesn't know any of our boosters that, that has no prior relationships and you know can tell him no if, if he doesn't think that it's best for the university. So I think that it's a really solid hire, shows that they're serious about the future, um, and they're wanting to get the good the the really good candidate right now to 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 build the foundation uh, to what we know that Tennessee can be. Yeah, and you know I love the fact that you mentioned Philip Fulmer. You know, I love that we're going outside of Tennessee. So, sometimes, yeah. you know, we put on our Tennessee glasses and we're like, oh man, Philip Fulmer is going to come back and save us, and Peyton Manning's going to be the quarterbacks coach, yeah. and Al Wilson's going to coach the linebackers, and then. And we need to take a step back and put on our reality glasses. So I'm really, really glad that they kind of went outside of their comfort zone, I guess. And, you know, are kind of – it sounds weird saying going with reality, but, you know, a top four AD with a really good track record, it'd be really hard, you know, not to take a shot with this guy. And in his press conference – go ahead. Did you need – did you want to add something? No, I was just going to mention the press conference, but go ahead. What was your what yeah. was your take on the press conference? What did you think? Man, you know, obviously you could tell he's a little bit nervous, but he felt really confident. He felt really excited. And, you know, my gut feels good with this guy. You know, he kept talking yeah. about his love for building programs. And unlike his previous stops, the tradition and foundation has already been built here. He just kind of said that it needs to be polished. And everybody agrees. You know, even, I mean... I, I would hope that our rivals are afraid that we get polished back up because, yeah, uh, you know that we we could be a force to be reckoned with, and everybody sees that potential. We just need someone to bring it to light, and I love that. You know, he he kind of mentioned that he he wouldn't want to go to a place that's already polished, and mm-hmm. with his track record, I believe him. He he goes to a program, he makes it his own, he builds it from the ground up, and. You know, since this has already been built here, it just needs to be brought to light again. So, what yeah. do you think? What do you think of that statement? Yeah, I mean, it, someone that I mean, it's we definitely need someone that's going to come in and 
and continue to build on what we've, I mean, we've, we've kind of torn down a lot, a lot of what we've built, um, in the beginning, but, um, someone that can come in and, and kind of build on relationships. It sounded like he was very student athlete centric where he wants everybody, all the student athletes. He's like, I think he specifically said, the reason that I do this is for the student athletes. I'm not here for, for any of the other stuff and all the other distractions and things like that. I want to do what's best for the student athletes. And I think that, that that's going to show, um, you know, he said that we have a huge budget to where, you know, we, we've already built a lot of the buildings that, that need to be done, uh, but renovations and things like that will come. Um, but yeah, it just sounds like he's, he's going to do some really good things and be, like he said, just you know, student athlete driven and, and trying to do what's best for them. Yeah. Not you know, only he, football, but for every program. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, he, he said all the right things and I think he'll back him up too. And yeah. it, it was just really cool. I, I got pumped about it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And, you know, he mentioned he was going to meet with the team, you know, when, after the press conference and he was going to set up a leadership group on the team to see what's working well and what needs to be changed. And also what they are looking for in a coach, which was really cool because, I yeah. mean, we, we've been through a lot of ADs, like five in the past twelve years. I don't think any, you know, I don't think any of them ever said that or even had that idea to bring that up to, you know, get the players' opinions and stuff like that. So, what do you think about that? It sounds like he's he's going to keep, you know, how all of our previous coaching searches have been just straight out in the public with with Greg Schiano and us trying to hire him. Sounded like we offered like 15 coaches last time. And, um, you know, we heard about the, you know, within the hour, this guy's going to be named head coach. And then after the hour, they're like, well, it fell through. We have another guy on the hook. But it sounds like this one's going to be pretty secretive, even though he did hire the search firm. We did, we did hear that there was, I mean, we, well, we saw after Monday, whenever Chancellor Plowman and Randy Boyd and all the, uh, the higher ups within Tennessee hired the search firm. There was no delay as we've hired the uh, athletic director within five days of uh, that first press conference from when they announced that they had fired Pruitt. So I think that this is going to be a really quick hire. Uh, it sounds like he's he's it, he said that everybody's a candidate right now, which I think is just AD speak at the time. I think he's already reached out to several candidates, but um, – I mean, I think it's going to be a really quick hire. I think it's going to be early next week at the latest uh, before we know who's the next head coach. Uh, yeah, I think this is coming soon as well. You know, the chancellor, they they moved really quick and careful to get this AD. Yeah. And I expect them to do the same thing with the head coach. You know, it, I got the impression that they want to move fast, but, you know, obviously smart at the same time. And that's what we've needed. You know, we, we've needed that – you know, gosh, Dooley, Butch, Pruitt. I mean, they were all swing and misses. So, you know, yeah. I, I get the impression that they're going to go fast and they're going to go very smart. And yeah. did he mention that they're going to use a search firm to help find them a coach as well? Yeah. So for a lot of you that don't know kind of what the search firm does is they they search for candidates, but they also vet the, the candidates and they set up interviews. So it essentially it's it's someone – it's an extension of the athletic director in which they can find different coaches. They can go ahead and gauge their interest for us, um, make sure that they're interested to make sure we don't waste our time uh, going to these candidates and kind of laying out a plan, see what their plan is. 
so yes, the, the search firm has been confirmed that they are going to be using it, uh, but it doesn't sound like it's going to cause any kind of delay in making this be a long, drawn-out process like it was in the previous search. I don't think anything will be that long and agonizing when <laughs> when we're going through to get Pruitt. So. And, yeah. you know, we try not to get into social media unless it's official with insiders and stuff like that. But I thought this was cool, worth mentioning. Some players sounded very happy with how the meeting went. And they were tweeting about it. They were tweeting that we're in really good hands. And, you know, Vol Nation will be back soon. And... You know, that is a really good first step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to have players buy into the program itself. I mean, it all starts with the administration and then down to the athletic department, down to the coaches, and then the players have to buy into – they have to buy into the whole program. So um, it's good that we made a serious hire, someone that we think that's going to provide some some good direction and – with him being student athlete driven, I think I think a lot of the players are gonna uh, really buy into to his vision as well. And you know, th- this guy has connections everywhere. I'm pretty sure he's got like a one, two, three already. You know, even yeah, I feel like every AD has to be ready for you know a one, two, three candidate. So, with that being said, let's kind of switch over to the head coaching search updates. Now, now that isn't now that we have an official AD who has been hired. Do we have any other likely candidates? You know, in the last episode, we kind of went over a few of them and their background. And you want to go over the two first that we didn't do last episode um, that are kind of now on the board. Uh, First one, he's been getting a lot of buzz, is Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator over at Clemson. Now, this one, I'm not going to lie, this one kind of worries me. I've heard really good things that he's an up-and-comer, but so have our last... 500 coaches they've been up in commerce mm-hmm. and he's also another coordinator now he could be the real deal i just think at this point where tennessee's at i'm i'm sick of gambling on coordinators at this point but you know if he is the real deal i don't want to miss out on him but also yeah. you know clemson you had trevor lawrence you had amari rogers i mean clemson's loaded on offense and you know i, I don't know how much of that is player ability and talent uh, versus, you know, just how legit he is. And also Clemson is in a weak, weak conference. So what are your thoughts on Tony Elliott? Yeah, Tony, it sounded like he was a candidate for when Scott Frost left at UCF uh, to go take the Nebraska job. It sounded like Tony Elliott was one of the candidates to replace him. Um, it sounds like him and Danny White have a really good relationship and uh, it sounds like Danny really respects him as a as a play caller, offensive mind, and then uh, just as a person overall. So I think he's a he's definitely a serious candidate. But uh, I know what, at the press conference on Monday, whenever they announced that Pruitt was fired, that what they were really looking for in the next coach was was head coaching experience at a high level program. So he doesn't really fit that mold, but he also you know he's like you said. I mean, the players at Clemson are are unreal. Um, I don't know if that takes anything away from from his play calling, his creativity. As you could tell in the the playoff game, Clemson really really missed him in, in play calling when he was out with uh, with COVID. So, I mean, I think he has to be he has to be on the board somewhere. If, if some of our top targets don't get uh, don't get 
chosen or they're not interested or anything like that. I think he's kind of in the same boat as the Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely on the board with his previous relationship with Danny, and, and I think he has a, a right to be on that board. Yeah, I agree. He's doing something right, like you said, to even being mentioned. And yeah. another one that has been kind of in the mix now or added to the mix is Lance Leopold out of Buffalo. Uh, all I know about this guy is he's got a good record. Uh, what, what do you think about Lance? So I did some research on Lance, and it looks like he was hired a few years ago. Um, he was hired out of a Division Three program, Wisconsin Whitewater, who was who just ran the table in Division Three. Um, they've won many national or many championships there. So he was hired from that program, and he's had really good success there. Um, like we said earlier, I think he has two MAC division titles, twenty-four and ten record or something like that. So, other than that, I don't know much about him. I know he's an offensive guy, so um, that's one of the pluses that we were looking for. Something that has to be checked, and um, I think he's. It was my coaching search. He would probably be at the bottom just because of, you know, Division Three just a few years ago to a lower level group of five program to Tennessee would be a quite a big jump yeah I, I couldn't agree more and yeah th- that's all I gotta say about Lance yeah. I, I couldn't <laughs> agree more he would be at you know my very bottom so now let's just say that if if Danny wasn't hired he would he wouldn't be on the list <laughs> right so Jay, Jamie Chadwell these next coaches we've already kind of went into detail about them in the last episode, but we'll just kind of briefly mention them here. So Jamie Chadwell is another one that's still in the mix, you know, national coach of the year, you know, doing really good things over in coastal Carolina, really good record, Tennessee ties. Um, you know, do you think Jamie Chadwell's kind of taking a lead on this thing or do you think he's still kind of up in the air? What are, about, what are your thoughts on Chadwell still? You know, I don't know. I, th- I feel like all of these guys have just about an equal chance as, as the other one. Uh, I think it. I think they're going to go after some big dogs at first and gauge their interest to see if you know if they're willing to come. Then then we'll talk to them. If not, I think Chadwell's are a very realistic option. And um, should he be our first option? No, probably not. But uh, but he's definitely a good option if we have to we have to fall back on him if if some of the other uh, bigger coaches are not interested. Yeah, you know if, if those bigger names you know, turn it down, I think Chadwell would be a pretty legit option as well. You know, yeah. he's a young dude, Tennessee ties. I, I think, you know, his players played hard for him. I think he'd be pretty good. And, yeah. you know, one, one of the bigger names out there is Lane Kiffin. You know, the reason we're bringing this up again is because he, obviously his name's still in the mix and insiders have suggested that he might be interested. You know, there are talks about, you know, the possibility and he, his brother hired him. You know, we mentioned his brother hired him at FAU, which he, which is even more of a connection. So, uh, you know, is the lane train possibly coming back, you know, stronger than ever? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, he has to be a realistic option from, from what we've heard. It sounds like he's interested. It sounds like we may have some interest. We're, we're still trying to – it's going to be tough for Lane to come back, I think. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people unhappy about it, but there's going to be a lot of people that are, that are really happy about it. 
it's no question that he's one of the best offensive minds in, in all of football also. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, if if he comes back to Tennessee, he's doing the same thing that he did to, to us that he did. He's doing the same thing to Ole Miss that he did to us in 2009. So, and most people are going to wonder if he actually grew up from that or, you know, if, is he just chasing the dollar or what? At this point, I just want to compete for the East. And yeah. I definitely think Lane gives us a really good shot at recruiting. He's going to bring life to our offense. And, you know, I agree with you that a lot of fans won't be happy about it, but that stadium will be packed if Lane comes back. But, yeah, but and, they will be happy about it once he gets here. Oh, if when he starts winning, all will be forgiven. Uh, yeah, I that first no game doubt. next year, I mean, he's going he's gonna to transform the roster and, and especially the offense. I mean, from 17 points a game to 35, 40 a game. <laughs> Absolute zero adjustments after halftime. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. well – Moving on from Lane, we got Matt Campbell. You know, obviously we think as far as a coaching standpoint, he's arguably the best one available. He's from Iowa State. He's putting Iowa State on the map. I mean, he's always won a couple of big games against bigger opponents there. I still, My gut still tells me it's a long shot because I just don't think he wants to come down here. You kind of along, along those same lines? I feel like it's a more realistic possibility now that we've hired Danny White. It's kind of shown more, uh, more seriousness around the program. Um, I think it shows other coaches that you know if they can get a big athletic director, they're you know they're really willing to put in the work to to make the program be what it was. Uh, and at, I mean, it's always been a top ten, top fifteen job. I mean, it's fallen quite a bit now. Um, but they know with with the right administration, the right coach, they can they can do some big things here. So. Matt Campbell, he's my, I mean, he's my number one candidate. If we, if we can get him, I, I'd say we, you know, we throw all the money we can at him and see what he says. And, you know, I will say this. I'm glad you pointed that out. But after, it seems like they went in on an AD as far as the paycheck. And I think they would definitely do that with Matt yeah. Campbell. You know, I, they're not going to be definitely offering. Definitely shows they're willing. Exactly. They're not going to be doing like a three three and a half million dollar contract. It sounds like they would possibly double that dude's salary to come down here yeah. and suit up an orange he's, so he's only making like 3.7 million or something like that so yeah you know offer him seven million see what happens yeah it's hard to turn down a, a double of your salary yeah. you know danny white was making a, a good living at about a 1.2 million at ucf but you know when somebody offers you 600 grand more i think you're at that point you're not just chasing the dollar but you're looking for for some good opportunities yeah, come on down to UT. We'll double that salary, but your coaching career will be dead in about three years. <laughs> Welcome to the family. Hopefully yeah. that won't happen, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Luke Fickle out of Cincinnati. We all know my thoughts on the previous Cincinnati coach that we got, but you know Fickle seems legit. He very well could have beaten Georgia in that bowl game. You know his players look like they they, they just look like they have a lot of fun with him. And that's yeah. really what it's all about. So what do you think about Fickle? Is it still kind of up in the air? Like, uh, do you think it's more realistic now with the new AD? Yeah, I mean, I think all of the big names are more realistic now than they were prior to the athletic director hire. I still think that, you know, there's one thing about Luke that's not like any of the other ones on this list, and that's he's a defensive coach. Um, sounds like we're 
were wanting an offensive coach. Every every coaching hire that that Danny White's had at his other programs, they've all been offensive hires. So it's, he would be he would be the difference here um, compared to all the other coaches. And but he's one of the better coaches. Uh, I think yeah. he would be able to bring a, a great offensive coordinator. And uh, it sounds like he would kind of take more of a CEO role. Do you remember in the pre- on D. Do you remember in the preseason when Desmond Howard picked them to go to the playoffs? Yeah. And we all we laughed. Oh, we were cracking up, and they almost made it. I mean, they looked really good, and they almost beat a They're pretty good. good Georgia team that was coming on hot on offense at the end of last year. Yeah. So, yeah, jo- joke's on us, I guess. Next, yeah. next up, we got Billy Napier. I know you guys have heard this name around. He is from – you know he's with Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. We Raging can't say Cajun. we can't say Billy Napier without saying Raging Cajuns. So, <laughs> but you know I think this dude is a really good coach. He's got a really good record. He has turned down you know some jobs. I think he turned down the Arkansas job uh, most recently. Yeah, Auburn, but, yeah, in Auburn. So it sounds like he's kind of waiting for a LSU or a Florida type deal. But you know what do you think about Napier possibly coming to the Hill? Yeah, I mean it's hard it's hard to turn those jobs down and then and then uh, say you're interested for this one after the investigation and, and just the just the past years of being terrible. So yeah, that's really all I, I all I got on him. I, I mean I think he'd be a really good option, but yeah, um, it's just hard for me to to really say that he would be body and if he was to take this job and turn down a lot of other big jobs, I don't know if he's looking for a pay if, cause I think we would have to overpay for him to come here. So, I mean, I feel like he would be one that, that could potentially just be looking for the pay raise if he's not, if he's going to come here. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see, you know, Napier. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a gut feeling, but. Which uh, means he'll be hired tomorrow. Yeah. He'll, he'll get hired at midnight, but. Yeah. You know, it's just hard for me to picture that if he's already turned down, you know, these other jobs that weren't in McDonald's recruiting violations, you know, so <laughs> it's just hard for me to imagine. Next up, we got Tom Herman out of Texas. I think he's the only coach that's not coaching that we've mentioned. You know, he he's pretty much yeah. on the market. So, you know, definitely a possibility from Texas. The dude can recruit, and he didn't have that bad of a record at Texas. So, um, you know, what do you think about Herman? I think he's more of an option now than he was prior. Uh, before, I thought he was just out. I didn't think he had any interest. I think he would think prior to this. I think he would have rather have been just a offensive coordinator somewhere. I know he was rumored to be interested in the Alabama offensive coordinator position, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could see him being a lot more interested now than he was. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and. I don't know. I, he definitely fits that ten-year plan as well. So He's hopefully, still young. Yeah, exactly. And, Energetic. You know, so ho- hopefully, you know, and all these guys are pretty young. So yeah, they, they all. I guess you can make the argument they all fit it. But you know, Herman's yep. definitely still up there as a possibility. And you know, with Pruitt getting fired, he kind of just left an absolute mess for us as far as I guess his players really bought into his vision because people <laughs> have been going into the transfer portal like crazy. So <clears throat> kind of just some names that we know about. 
uh, inside linebacker Henry Toto. This one hurt the most, in my opinion, because, you know, after watching him play his freshman year, I was so excited to see that. And, you know, you could make the argument if he'd stayed at UT, he probably would have been one of the best ever, you know, to dress up in orange. But, you know, thoughts on Henry T and Quaveras Crouch, because he's also the other inside linebacker. And, you know, they didn't play their best football this past season, but honestly who did but what do you think about yeah. both of these guys leaving yeah i mean it's huge losses we're always in they're both starters um you know coming back we're just going to be having jeremy banks and then some other guys fill in so uh, i think the biggest loss is just you know henry was the the one that called all the plays uh with the defense got everybody lined up right without him i mean it's just you know we're gonna have to have that next man step up to be that to be that defensive uh, player coach on the field so uh who's that gonna be not really sure and but he, yeah huge losses and he was just such a nice you know just young man he he was just really really down to earth really cool so it, it's gonna be hard for him to go and you know crouch didn't play his best he really didn't have much of an impact but you know it, it just hurts also for depth as well so yeah and another position group, we got a couple of running backs leaving. Um, obviously, we already know Ty Chandler is with North Carolina now. And Eric Gray, which is probably our best player on Huge. offense last season. Yeah, he entered the transfer portal. So uh, this one really hurts, too, because he's a Tennessee kid, you know, grew up in Memphis. So kind of just – and Ty Chandler, you know, he grew up a Tennessee kid in Nashville. So but both of these are pretty big, but – we do have a lot of depth at running back. You know, Jabari Small looked promising, but what do you think about these guys leaving? Yeah, the good thing about it is we got some guys coming coming in that's going to kind of step up and take the role, but we don't really have a guy that's like Eric Gray. He's more of a – he's a dynamic back with, you know, that catches the ball out of the backfield and also really elusive when he's running the ball as well. So, yeah, definitely going to be a big loss there. He was a smaller back, but – yeah, it's going to be uh, tough to replace him. He was just fun to watch. I mean, just those yeah. one cuts, and he had a really good vision, and that, he just looked really good against Missouri this year. But, yeah, de- definitely probably the most productive thing on offense. And he, he he just looked so promising. And he broke that record against Vanderbilt last year, you know, the freshman mm-hmm. rushing record. And, uh, yeah, yep. it, it just hurts, to be honest. <laughs> So, yep. a couple offensive tackles that are leaving. We got Jameer Johnson and Wanye Morris. We all know by now Wanye Morris is has enrolled at Oklahoma. And uh, Jameer Johnson, he's just in the portal still. So, uh, we really need these guys to yeah, stay. Really yeah, because, you know, if, if Bailey gets the job, he'll be a true sophomore and – you know, he he just needs protection. It, of course, every quarterback needs protection, but especially the younger ones that are a little bit more unfamiliar or shaky. Although he did look composed in some games and in some moments last year. But what do you think yeah. about what do you think about us losing these tackles? Yeah, Jameer stepped in and was you know two years ago he was kind of off and on starter at, at the tackling guard position, and then Wanye came in as a freshman and was. Pretty much started every game at left tackle. Um, then this year he got caught up in a lot of 
contact tracing and missed a lot of the fall camp and pretty much just right up to the beginning of the season. So Jameer Johnson stepped in and was pretty much the left tackle all year. I know he got hurt a couple of times and then Wanye had to step in, but Wanye was used more as one of those jumbo package tight ends with no name on his jersey. And <laughs> uh, I know that kind of upset him too because, I mean, he was one of the, the most talented, you know, uh, he was a five-star coming in and, uh, you know, not getting to play much last year, I think, hurt. And then um, all the investigation stuff and Pruitt leaving, his offensive line coach leaving. Just didn't really set up well for him for this year. And so. let, let me make things clear. I do not blame these guys for leaving. Just yeah. me, me as a Vol fan, it hurts. But these guys only have so many games and so much film to send off to people that, you know, try and get them in the NFL. So I, I don't blame them for leaving. It just hurts being a Vol fan. You yeah. know, you know, if I if I was the, if I were these kids, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. You know, if if I were these parents, you know, you know, would you like what you, what your kid would be seeing? You know, like in all of this mess. So. You know, I, I don't blame them, but it just hurts. And, the and most all of these guys are, besides Ty Chandler and Jameer Johnson, all of these guys are like potential high round draft picks. Yep. Um, you know, Henry T has been said to go in first or second round. Wanye has been projected first round. Yep. Eric Gray, I don't really know for sure, but I could see him being a, you know, a top three round, four round draft pick potentially. Yeah. Uh, Crouch, if he can kind of. You know, find his position and kind of grow in the linebacker position if that's the position he wants to to be in. I could see him being a draft pick as well. He has a lot of potential. Yeah, and Crouch, you know, at one point in the 24-7 rankings, he was the number one overall player yeah. out of high school at one point. I think he got hurt and that set him back but yeah. uh, due to the lack of games. But, I mean, Crouch is – he he is very athletic. He's a freak of an athlete, yeah. He is. So, you know, we wish these guys the best, you know. We wish even more that they'd withdraw their names, but whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh we got another one. Uh the most recent one is uh defensive back Keyshawn Lawrence. This dude was the number one player in Tennessee, uh, you know, in his class. I think he was our number one recruit in the class as well. Uh, yeah, in our class, yeah. In our class coming in, but this one really hurts. Another Tennessee kid, you know, and we need, you know, with Bryce Thompson leaving, you know, we're. I heard he can kind of play cornerback and some safety. So, you know, don't have much depth. That's for sure. No, we don't have much depth, and which is, I guess, he just really wanted out because if he was coming back, he would definitely have, you know, a lot of playing time. So, what are your thoughts on Keyshawn Lawrence leaving, possibly leaving? Yeah, this one was kind of surprising to me. Um, you know, I, I hadn't really heard much about his name prior to uh, him transferring that he was thinking about it or uh, potentially being one of the ones that could have. All the other ones we kind of heard about, we kind of knew that they were thinking about leaving, um, kind of waiting on the future of Pruitt first. And then once Pruitt was fired, you kind of knew it was going to be a big turnover. But Keyshawn Lawrence, I thought that he would see the potential for for playing time early for the next year or two. Uh, so I thought he would stay, but I guess we were wrong on that one. Yeah, and and that's that's the frustrating thing, you know. Us as fans, you're like, what are you doing? You can get in and play early. You can be a star here. But I, I guess just the damage is already done, and they just want to start fresh. They're 
honestly, they're probably just sick of seeing their university being laughed at, you know, for the past yeah. month all over social media. So, but, you know, best wishes to all these guys wherever they end up going. And for what it's worth, Jimmy Himes supposedly heard that two players are going to remove their names from the transfer portal. I'll believe it when I see it, but we just wanted to let you guys yeah. know in case it is official, just because he is an insider. But who who knows at this point? Yeah, Jimmy's a local t- radio reporter here in Knoxville. So we'll see if that comes to fruition or if, or if he's just blowing smoke or whatever. So, um, yeah, like Sean said, we'll believe it when we see it. <laughs> Especially with old Jimmy. So yeah. We he gotta- also said that Jim... Jeff Brom was being hired in like the hour last time. Oh, yeah. Brom. Last time the coaching search happened. God, I forgot all about that dude. Is he still at Purdue? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I have I like six million a year. Good Lord. <laughs> Winning like three games a year. <laughs> hey, good, good day, sir. Good for him, yeah. Yeah. So, quick basketball update. Uh, you know, we, our basketball team has all the potential in the world to be one of the best teams in the nation. They have a 10 and two overall record with losses to a really red hot Alabama team. And then a okay Florida team that absolutely destroyed us on their home turf. So, you know, this basketball team, sometimes it's so frustrating because in my opinion, I don't think we've seen anything close to a perfect game by them. And we've beaten a lot of good teams. You know, we beat a really good Missouri team on their home turf. You know, yeah, we, that was we, probably the best game we played. Yeah, and and even in that game, I don't think everybody was playing to their full potential. So, you know, what do you what are your kind of your opening thoughts? I guess so far with this season for the basketball team. Yeah, we don't have uh, just a surefire shooter on the team. We don't have anybody that can go out and get us. You know, twenty points consistently every game um you know our defense is is one of the best in the country uh hasn't shown that in the two losses that we've had you know they've kind of been uh, shown up in, in some ways so yeah offensive struggles is, is definitely one of the things that's going to bite us for the rest of the year we gotta we just gotta have some guys step up whether that's our young freshman five stars or you know that's Fulkerson down the post or um, Victor Bailey Jr. coming off the bench now. Sounds like his defense has been slacking, so he's mm-hmm. been coming off the bench. He's definitely got one of the best three-pointers on the team. Emma Viscovi. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, rest of the year with some, some big games coming up. And still got Kentucky twice on the schedule. We know that they haven't been all that they usually are, but, you know, it'll be a tough game whenever they come here and we go there. So, Definitely a lot of games to keep keep your eye on, and um, hopefully we can get Jaden Springer back uh, with this twisted ankle. I know he's listed as day to day, missed the Florida game, so if we can get him back tomorrow for for Missouri. I think we'll be in be in a lot better shape going forward. I love that kid. I love Jaden Springer. He's good. He, yeah, he is one of the most physical. Physical. Cards, yeah. Yeah, and I saw him make a shot. I think it was against Missouri, but. You know, while he was in the air, there must have been about three or four people bump into him, and he still just made it no problem. He's just insane. 
And you're right, we have had some offensive struggles. I guess you could make this argument with all basketball teams, but in particularly ours, when we struggle on offense, it's a huge uphill battle because we're kind of, you know, we got to really depend on our defense. And yes, our defense is one of the best in the country, but if their defense slacks on top of offensive struggles, you know, you're going to see what you did against Florida. And I don't ever want to see that again. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like every game we have like a five- 10 minute stretch where we're just pitiful on offense and it just you know it can with with such a good defense you know that could either mean that the other team catches up to us or um you know if we're if we're neck and neck until that offensive letdown you know we can we can get blown out like we did against Florida so it won't be a good thing if you know if if we start playing some teams or or if our defense slacks down any and and we have to start making some shots it's just there's just not one guy that we can kind of depend on to to get us those every game you're exactly right and you know if even half those guys can play you know can pick up the slack I think we would still win you know a lot more games than we can but uh, you know if this team if they all you know if all cylinders are firing you know watch out because yeah. they have yet to play far, nothing close to a perfect game, and that's pretty scary yeah. for you know anyone. And you know, Jaden Springer was hurt against Florida. You know, you mentioned with the ankle twist, but you know, even if he was back, the way they play, they Florida still would have beat us. You know, pretty handily. It yeah. just, it was just the absolute worst day to be a Vol fan because <laughs> that's when all of these you know embarrassing things happen. So. But, you know, everybody was depending on the basketball team to shine a little light on that day. But, nope, yep. didn't happen. But Not today. <laughs> we'll see. But hopefully he'll be back, uh, you know, against Missouri on Saturday. And, you know, Mississippi State also is on Tuesday the 26th. And then we got a big one against Kansas the next Saturday for a big-time matchup here in Knoxville. So what do you think about that matchup coming up? Yeah, it should be a really, really good matchup here in Knoxville. I think everybody's really excited about it. I think we'll drop down quite a bit when the rankings come out um, on Sunday or Monday, whenever those do come out. I think we'll be still be in the top 15 unless we lose tomorrow to uh, to Missouri. So we'll see, um, see if it's a top 15 matchup. I know Kansas just lost too, so should be a top 15 matchup and, and one of the bigger games of the year. Yeah, and, you know, if we would have beaten Florida, I think we would be contending for a first seed in the tournament, assuming COVID doesn't cancel it. But right now, I think the latest bracket projection, we're sitting at a two seed, which is still pretty good. You yeah. know, that you can't. Yeah, I could see us being anywhere from a two to two to four seed. Any, yeah. I feel like we're going to lose a couple more games. And, you know, I mean, going, I don't. I don't know the exact number of games that we play this year, but it's probably around 25 with the COVID year. We didn't play many out-of-conference games. So, you know, if we lose a few, a few more games, I think we'll still, you know, be a three or four. If we went out, definitely probably a one seed at that point. Yeah, and, you know, the, this team has the potential to go really, really far in the tournament and, in my opinion, possibly win it. You know, it, it, you just can never tell. That's why it's called March Madness. So, Hopefully, yep. you know, the tournament stays, 
you know, stays alive and doesn't get canceled because mm-hmm. I'll probably cry. But that would probably yeah. <laughs> be the most Tennessee thing ever. One of our most talented teams will probably get like a two seed and then just cancel the tournament, yeah. or or that we'll lose to a Tennessee thing ever, or we'd lose to a fifteen seed by thirty or something <laughs> like that. So. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to mention our Lady Vols. You know, they came up short against UConn. I think, you know, UConn beat them by six. But, you know, I feel like all of Vol Nation can't stand Gino just because they don't want, you know, Pat Summit's legacy, you know, to be second to anybody. So it was good to it was good to see them play again. It was it was the We Back Pat week. So yeah. a lot of teams are paying tribute to Pat Summit and uh, all time or dementia all timers. So. Um, yeah, it was really good to see him on the court again. We, I think we were leading through, you know, three and a half quarters, and then um, they shot a three with, like, a couple minutes left. It was just the dagger, it seemed like. So, really good game, and and sounds like um, – who's our coach now? Kelly, Kelly Harper. Uh, sounds like she's kind of getting them back on the right track. It, yeah. You know, the roster's improving, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully she can keep it up. I think she's got a good recruiting class coming in too. So yeah. you know, if she can, I know keep, they, they have a really big team. Like they're yeah. really tall for for a women's team. Yeah. So hopefully they can keep that momentum going, and yeah, ho- hopefully they can beat UConn whenever they play him again. Because <laughs> you know, a lot of people yeah. can't stand him. But Gino, you know, he we joke about him and everything, but he actually, I, I guess you could say this about all coaches, but he really really respected pat summit you know she was yeah. once in a lifetime coach so but yeah yeah well that's unless you got any do you have any closing thoughts on anything i would just uh be ready for a coaching hire uh, sooner rather than later i think it's definitely going to be early next week um, if not i'd say there's a lot of people turning us down but i don't think that's going to be the case now so definitely expect another podcast coming up soon and uh We'll see you then. Yeah, thank you to everybody listening, and be sure to check us out on Facebook, The Rocky Top Times. We also got a Twitter account. You know, follow us on there as well. It's at The Rocky Top Times 98, or I'm pretty sure just Rocky Top Times 98. So give us a follow, and I think that's going to do it for this episode. So thanks to everyone for joining us. My name is Sean. My name is Chase. And as always, go balls. Go balls.